0: Good morning. This is Long Island Morning Edition on 88.3 WLIW-FM, heard in Western Suffolk on 96.9 FM. I'm Michael Mackey. The first offshore wind turbine in federal waters was installed off New England last week as LIPA and New York State launch a decades-long transition from fossil fuel power plants to new green energy. Mark Harrington reports on Newsday.com that the turbine, built with help from European ships and equipment, is the first of 12 to be placed off the coast of Rhode Island for the South Fork Wind Farm, set to deliver 130 megawatts of electricity to tens of thousands of residents on eastern Long Island by year's end or early next year. The project is located 35 miles east of Montauk Point and connected via a cable at Wainscott, where power will make its way to a LIPA substation in East Hampton. LIPA in the past has said the $2 billion project will cost average ratepayers about $1.38 a month once it's producing power. Turbine foundations were set in place this summer. South Fork Wind is being developed for LIPA by a joint venture partnership between Denmark-based Orsted and New England utility Eversource at a time of financial and market setbacks for the nascent offshore wind industry. Orsted recently recorded more than $4 billion in impairment charges, a decline in the value of assets for its U.S. offshore wind industry beset by rising costs and interest rates and next to New Jersey projects. LIPA has been banking on getting power from the South Fork Wind Farm since its board first awarded the contract to Deepwater Wind in January 2017. Long Island Food Bank officials said food insecurity has worsened this holiday season. Factors include inflation and the end of some pandemic-era benefits. For food banks, November and December are among the busiest months for both collection and distribution. As reported on Newsday.com, Long Island Cares, one of two big food banks that serve the region, the other is Island Harvest, estimates numbers of food-insecure Long Islanders or those who live with limited or uncertain access to adequate food at 234,000. That total includes 65,000 children. For many of those Long Islanders, food insecurity is chronic and may actually be worsening, despite positives like slowing inflation and low regional unemployment. In all of last year, Long Island Cares distributed 11.4 million tons of food through roughly 300 food pantries it supplies across the region and the five pantries it operates. By the end of October this year, it had already distributed 11.7 million tons. Island Harvest delivered 16 million pounds of food last year. It helps feed roughly 168,000 people. Various town officials gathered at Southampton Town Hall recently to deliver what's now an annual message about safe driving during the holiday season, with an emphasis on discouraging driving under the influence of alcohol and drugs and distracted driving. Have a good time, but be responsible, said Southampton Town Supervisor Jay Schneiderman. Do not get behind the wheel if you've been drinking. Tom Gogler reports on 27East.com that Schneiderman was joined by fellow town board members John Bouvier, Rick Martell, and Cindy McNamara, along with Southampton Town Police Chief James Kiernan, who emphasized education and prevention. We don't want to fill our jails with DWIs. We really don't, Kiernan said, but we will fill our jails if you don't drive safely. East Hampton Village will be able to mine civil service lists for local residents and give them priority for filling open positions under a new law adopted last week. Michael Wright reports on 27East.com that the East Hampton Village Board unanimously approved the measure, which gives top priority to residents of the village and then to anyone who lives in East Hampton town, regardless of how they may have scored on civil service exams. Civil service rules generally require that a position be offered to one of the top-scoring individuals on the list of eligible employees. But often that means local governments are obliged to offer the post to candidates, sometimes dozens, who may decline or quit after a short time because they live a long distance away, while a local candidate who did not score as well may be lingering eagerly. Some people don't necessarily score well on tests or they get a 90 instead of a 95 or 98. And as an employer, we're forced to choose one of those people with the higher scores. East Hampton Village Administrator Marcos Balladrone said this week, It's better for us to reserve the right to hire people who live in the village or East Hampton town first, so I can pick that person that scored 90, said Mr. Balladrone. The new preference will apply to any civil service positions, including public safety dispatchers. A role Balladrone said is particularly important to be able to fill with someone local who knows the sometimes complicated geography of the area and can relay information clearly to emergency responders. Suffolk County officials are planning to better coordinate cybersecurity across departments and unify policy enforcement as the county continues to fortify defenses following the September 2022 cyber attack. Vera Cinezzi reports on Newsday.com that a resolution before the Suffolk County Legislature directs information technology personnel across county departments to meet at least once per month to discuss cybersecurity. The county's IT networks are segregated with its main Department of Information Technology controlled by the administration of Suffolk County Executive Steve Ballone and independent subnetworks under elected officials such as the county clerk and sheriff. The new Office of the Chief Information Security Officer is expected to now oversee cybersecurity policy and compliance for all departments. The legislature is set to vote on the measure today, along with IT funding requests totaling $1.6 million for software upgrades. A public hearing is set for another measure requiring vendors to notify the county if they sustain a security breach. The town of Riverhead has been awarded a $500,000 state grant for its town square project in round 13 of the Regional Economic Development Council initiative. Denise Civiletti reports on RiverheadLocal.com that the grant will help fund the development of an adaptive playground and park in the Riverhead and Riverfront Town Square. The town plans to build fully accessible children's playground featuring unique Long Island marine maritime theme structures for children of all abilities and ages, according to the grant award. It will allow full inclusion for physically challenged children and their families lacking accessible recreation. The town of Riverhead was also awarded a $30,000 grant to fund a feasibility study for a potential sports complex at Epcal in Calverton. For years, the New York State Office of Mental Health has maintained a detailed database for sharing the psychiatric histories of people who rely on the social safety net, a tool that, when used correctly, can ensure the state's most vulnerable people receive adequate care. But the database, known as PSYCHS, Psychiatric Services and Clinical Knowledge Enhancement System, was not consistently used by one of the most crucial pieces of that safety net, hospitals, which have sometimes discharged homeless mentally ill people without using the tool to communicate with shelters and care teams that provide outpatient treatment." Amy Julia Harris and Jan Ransom of the New York Times report that in some cases those discharges preceded subway shovings and other random acts of violence by the homeless people after their illnesses went untreated. Now the state of New York has issued a new set of detailed guidelines for hospitals to follow when caring for severely mentally ill patients, urging them to more proactively communicate with care teams and other outside organizations to prevent the patients from deteriorating and hurting themselves or someone else. The state issued the guidance late last month after receiving questions from the New York Times, which was preparing to publish an investigation that revealed preventable institutional breakdowns of homeless shelters, hospitals, specialized treatment teams, and other organizations. The breakdowns preceded more than 90 acts of violence in the past decade, according to the New York Times. This has been Long Island Local News on Long Island's only NPR station, WLIW-FM. I'm Michael Mackey.